Hey there, leader. Today, today in Security on Tap, we're going to be talking about phishing. What is it? Why do we keep having to talk about it? And what are we going to do about it? So, Randy, let's let's frame this up like we do. And what is phishing? And, you know, and as I think your daughter described, it's that thick thing that takes real long time and is really boring. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Which is kind of like this fishing we're talking about too. Fishing is boring. Why are they talking about fishing? Well, we're talking about fishing, in this case, fishing being an unsolicited email, typically, which comes into your mailbox and you as a busy, busy corporate person um, are reading through and you suddenly click on it and that fish steals your credentials or takes you to a nefarious website that then infects your PC yep. with ugly things. And and for those who don't know, it's phishing with a PH. That's right. And, but the phishing reference is the hook, Yeah. right? They're sending you an email that is interesting enough, urgent enough, sense of urgency, or important enough that you click that link and you give away your credentials or you, you allow the malware to download or whatever it is. But that key in phishing is the hook that gets your brain to say, this is okay to do. Or it could even be like, what was it? The Nigerian prince that the needed money. The 419 scam. Right. Which, which is, we joke about that, but it's been around forever. And some people's parents still fall for it. And they still they give them, they give them their credit card. Right? And their variations. Like he just needs $5,000 more right. to get his $10 million. I'm going to get half. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he only said he only needed 50 bucks. So I gave him my credit card and they, and they take it all. Well, that's that's the thing is it's been around for a long time because it still works. Because yeah, and that's just it still works. And in in the description of what is it, I think it's important to note that phishing in itself is an attack against the human mind, an attack against the vulnerability of a human mind. Yeah. If those of you who have read Malcolm Gladwell's Blink. No, and there are other it's a great book, by the way. Yeah. I'm I'm halfway through it. And they're got it for me for Christmas. <laughs> it's a good book. It's almost like I had this plan. Yeah. But there are other books that describe this, but there are two forms of thinking. There is your cognitive function where if I say to you what's sixteen times seven, you sit there and you calculate, you think it through. There are others where if I look at you and I make and I throw my keys at you, your hand comes up and you catch them or you deflect the keys, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't think to yourself, Oh my God, I'm gonna get hit in the face. You just did it. Your brain, your your lizard brain, your lower level brain, whatever it is, shortcuts the cognitive function because it knows that when a hand goes like that, there's usually something flying at you. Yeah. And it forces your brain to take action. And it's that shortcut, that sense of urgency to, to derail the cognitive functions that the fisher is looking for. Fisher and, is looking for. And we've all done this, right? When we're reading through an email quickly, it looks legit. We don't notice that there's an extra I in the domain name, you know. Yeah, MicrosoftOlean.com. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. You, 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 you miss it or, you know, you're busy. You know, one of the things in my current role, a lot of our clients are, are hospitals. So you've got a lot of people that are overworked, tired yep. nurses and doctors and whatnot. And, and anything they can do to shortcut activities they will do, including yeah. relying on the lizard brain to handle those tasks. Yep. And they, they click. And then when that happens, you know, unfortunately with hospitals in particular, especially regional hospitals, just like mid-sized businesses, they don't have the infrastructure to recover well. And that's the thing here. Why we need to talk about phishing is you, cybersecurity leader, your company needs to be able to recover from this quickly. Because yeah. it's not going away. Well, it's it needs to be happening. able to detect, respond, and recover. Yeah. 
all quickly. And we can talk about that in a second. I do want to talk, I want to tell one story there. First of all, there are multiple types of fishing. We're not going to get into all of them, but there's spear fishing. There's vishing for voice calls or yep. social engineering. There's smishing for yeah. SMS text phishing, right? These are all variations on the theme, which is I'm sending you some sort of message with a call to action that usually results in you either surrendering your credentials to your to your account, whether it's your email or your work account or whatever, or providing them information or access or downloading something that gets access. Yeah. All of it is meant to get you to do a thing that they want you to do. So I, ha- I have a story, and I might have shared this with, with a number of people who listened before, but at a previous employer, we had a an attorney, a general counsel, who got a spearfish. And of course, you know, this guy's job is literally who's lying to me and why. Yeah. Right. And how are they going to benefit by this lie? And he gets an email from a law firm, like Dewey Cheatham and Howe or something like that. And it and it says, you know, dear Mr. Smith, here is the opening negotiations in the divorce settlement with your wife, you know, Mrs. Smith. Yeah. And first of all, this guy didn't know his wife was going to divorce him. Right. So, so he's got to click on it. Yeah. What? So he is panicked right. and he's an attorney. So he thinks all I have to do is read this document because the then I can let my, you know, my training and everything else do this. Yeah. So he's clicking this document like mad and it's setting off our alerts because it's in the laden malware PDF file, a malware laden PDF file that is, you know, hitting every detection we know. And he called the help desk and screamed at them. I can't get this file open. Get up here and fix it. Right. And the help desk guy was like, Jim, yeah. Mr. Spencer, you like that? You like Richard, let him open it. I'm like, I go up there and I knocked on his door and I said, you know, hey, Mr. Smith, he goes, get the f- out of my office. Oh, boy. And I went, oh, boy. I said, I don't know what you think you're doing, but it's not real. That is not a divorce settlement or a divorce whatever. Yeah. And he, you could see the fog from his eyes clear. He went, what? I said, that is a phishing email. You can't keep clicking it. Yeah. It's not real. It's fake. It's designed to make you click it. And he was like, well, oh, my God. Yeah. He wasn't getting divorced. Yeah. He didn't really have marital problems, right? right. But, but they found that thing that energized his autonomic reflex, right? The limbic system just started lighting up and he had to go and do the thing. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that, that's one of the things that, that they do. They they find a topic. They find a subject, especially with a spearfish, right? Yeah. Lawyers work hard, whatever. It was targeted to him, Mr. Mr. Smith, right? That is that that's the hardest thing to look out for. And you as a cybersecurity leader, how what a precious target if they could get you, <laughs> you know, and how embarrassing, right? How embarrassing you fell for a fish. Like that's one of the things uh, for companies that do their own their own fishing exercises. The funny thing is, is public embarrassment when you're like, ah, 16 executives clicked on this message and got owned and. So, you know, that's telling. So why are we still dealing with this? So we know what phishing is, and they're trying to get to do a thing, to get access, to get to whatever our crown jewels are. But why is it still effective? Because it, it's, an, it's a human element, and the human element is not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah. We're always going to be involved. There's going to be something like going way back, like back to... In the 90s, there was the I love you virus. Now it wasn't a, a oh, yeah. virus, right? Or the Melissa and the Anna Kornikova. Yeah. But but I love you was one where it just self-replicated and it would said, send us an email message that said, I love you. <laughs> I love you too. To, to, to random people. And so you got this message from, from, you know, the lady in accounting who says, I love you. And you go, 
why would she send me that? So you click it. And then, of course, uh, of course, off it goes, right? Yeah. And it infects everybody. And, and, and there wasn't anything malicious in it. It was just a self-replicating thing. But again, uh, just like your lawyer friend, it attacks our persona. It, it attacks us, our person. And when we see our name with something like that, it's very personal. And yeah. it, it disengages our thinking and our emotions kick in. And that's what they're counting on. Yeah, They're counting on you that emotional yeah. moment where your shields go down and you click and we got you. Yeah, shields down, right? The big thing is that they report it because how many times do people click on it and they never say anything they don't and we say have anything. to deal with it on the back end? I have to tell you, we had, um, I've had a, a phishing attack at against organization where I was working and it hit two of our senior leaders. Two SVPs fell for it. Both of the SVPs reached out to me immediately after and said, I fell for it. Whatever this was, I fell for it. And so that allowed us to take immediate action. You know, I don't, I don't think it's possible. The reason that we're still dealing with phishing attacks after all these years is one, they work. You know, two is that the technical trolls to put in would have to be so draconian that a legitimate email couldn't get right? right? No strangers could send you an email. Right. Yeah. Now they're tightening it up. It's getting better. There's, you know, the... SPIF and DMARC and other things yeah, that, yeah. that are in there, stuff D, yeah. DKIM, are working and they're definitely reducing the commoditization. But, but to get rid of it entirely, you would almost have a pre-authenticated communications. Okay, Randy, call me with your email address. I'll enter it into our system and then you and I can have emails, right? Yeah. And that's just never going to happen for the no. speed of business. No. So we're always going to be exposed to it. So there are multiple level controls here, which is you need to be able to prevent 95, 98% of phishing attacks, then you need to be able to detect when they happen. Yeah. And then you need to be able to respond quickly when somebody falls for it. So that's, I think, one of the reasons that the human element in this is so important, right? Getting those people to understand, oh my God, this wasn't a thing. It just took me back to a hello page. I got to tell somebody. Yeah. And then your security operations people can jump on it, block things, change passwords, do what they got to do. Well, thank goodness you have a relationship with the business as such that they felt they could call you, right? Yeah. That's that's something cybersecurity leaders that you need to have. You need to develop a dialogue with the business so you can have that conversation. You know, the the trawling where it's sent out in mass, yeah. we'll stop most of that stuff. Yeah. It's the spear phishing that really gets through it. Or the emails, the, the trawling that goes to the small or mid-sized businesses, they're the ones that yeah, suffer They the don't most. have controls in place to stop it like an enterprise might. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, in, in larger organizations, I've seen, you know, you, we companies will spend millions of dollars on phishing protection, and then the, the they'll just switch to text, and they'll go to people, people's personal devices yeah. to hit them with it, and they'll do commodity, right? Yeah. Hey, Randy, your schedule's been updated. Click here, and you'll be like, oh, I've never had a schedule before. This must be I something like new. That. I need right. to click this and right. give it my credentials. Well, the resume one was the best one, right? That's the thing. Hey, that resume you wanted, it's attached. And most of us are hiring someone. So you think, oh, yeah. well, I want to see that resume. Or you want to see, is this guy any good? Yeah, exactly. And so you click on it and now you're you're owned, right? That's but but the meantime to recover. Re report and then recover. Right? You have to be able to know quickly and respond quickly. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna change that. I think the most meaningful metric for phishing is the time to first report. 
So if I get attacked to phishing, say 100 of my people get phishing messages, mm -hmm. if I have a 20% click rate, I don't necessarily care about that if my first report comes in under a minute or under two minutes because my security operations team will respond and That's block it, good. right? Nice. So they can put it yeah. in the in the web proxy or they can block, remove them from the email stuff. We can move really quick and we can look back and say, if it took us longer than a minute, it took us 10, 15 minutes, we can look back and say, who amongst us fell for it and what they do, right? Yeah. And let's get them protected. Well, and there's there's some value in that, right? Having your own fishing team or your a fishing exercise where you do it. Not all the time because people will get fatigued with it, but once a quarter, yeah. biannually, you have some sort of program where that goes out. You find out how many people were fished. You put some metrics together for the senior leadership to know whose group is worse <laughs> and who's better. That's always a little so, dangerous because I always want to know who. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was but, a CFO. That's right. But but that's why you have senior leaders, you know, so it's it's not embarrassing to everyone. But that kind of lets you know who needs some remedial, remedial training or who needs to do it. Right? We did a fishing test. And I think I told the story on a, on a previous episode. We did a fishing test for my 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 CTO, our CTO fell for it. Not my current organization. Uh, CTO fell for it, and uh, not only that, but you know, it was hey, we're we're doing a test. Can you please log into into oh, Microsoft yeah. Outlook? Click the link. <laughs> they put it in, and then it didn't give him the expected response, which was deliberate. You were supposed right. to be a little suspicious, right? And so then he replied to the email saying, "Hey, did you get my username and password? I put it in." <laughs> and when our the company that we used to run the test was like, uh, "Yeah, we're not going to put this one in the Gen Pop. You but you might want to talk to your boss about yeah, that." Yeah, yeah. Well, it is embarrassing when you fall for it. Uh, again, because people people know it's bad. They don't they don't want to click on it, but you do because the lizard brain click, uh, kicks in, and then you find yourself in trouble. And it's it's not ever going to go away. No, it's, it's human behavior. And it needs to be dealt with at a human level. It's education's great. Like you said, you're never going to start 100%. No. Nope, but if you can never. stop at the perimeter 90% and only the 10 get through, okay, now you measure that and you work with that. And then you work with that and you say, now I can get my click rate from 25% down to 8%. Well, now I've got that population even smaller yep. and I can focus on the actions there. And you can look at that 8% and say, what what is the makeup of that? Is there a common job that those folks are in? And can we have a unique and specified and focused conversation with them about what to do on a biannual basis, right, yeah. or, or whatever? You know, it's really important, those statistics, because 60% of the time it works every time. <laughs> it's I, called I, Panther. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, 87% of statistics are made up on the spot, too. No. If you right. Yeah. No, it's math. No, that's right. <laughs> um, I did want to give a shout out. We are tonight. We are not at our usual place. We are at the Germantown Cafe. We are. In the lovely... place where thou art wert wed. Twert wed. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, this is one of our, sometimes we go to Randy's side of town and some we come to my side of town. So this we're is here the gym side of town. Enjoy, enjoying right. a, a fine dram of Buffalo Trace. Yes. And as you sit and enjoy one with us, we, we appreciate you being here and listening. By the way, uh, we do need topics from you. Yeah. So please ideas, DM comments. us, reach out, let us know what it is you want to talk about. We also have some guests coming soon. Um, uh, if they can quit getting COVID. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the, that's it. They keep, they keep clicking on those messages and they caught COVID. That's, that's how. It... Yeah. I got my vaccine. So my 5G has been installed. <laughs> so I'm immune. Well, Jim. Right. Well, we get, well, go ahead. No, you go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say is that, you know, our third thing is that what can we do about it? So, you know, we're going to put the protections in place, you know, but there's layers of defense here. So getting in depth into the security thing, one is the thing that they're after, the thing that the bad people are after is the identity. They want to do what's called a account takeover, ATO. They yeah. want to become you in your organization or even in your personal accounts so they can do things that only you can do. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, selling your Bitcoin or downloading a database of your customer's PII. Yeah. They want that because there's, there's you know, gold in them our hills. Yeah. So the layer to putting in, you know, you put in your, your phishing controls, you do your phishing education, which is important, along with those phishing tests that Randy mentioned. But the backside of that is protecting the authentication event. Right. So yeah. having that SMS message, which isn't perfect, I know, or you're using Microsoft Authenticator or Google Authenticator or something similar like that to get you out of that. Or even now, what we're seeing become more prevalent is phishing resistant authentication items using something called FIDO2 compliance. Oh, yeah. But essentially, this is a hardware token that ties the authentication event to the hardware it comes from. Yeah. So even if they do get your SMS message text, they have to be on the computer that you're on to be able to do it. Yeah. Now, that's that's growing, but we're seeing a lot more in the security field. We're seeing a lot more big organizations requiring their vendors to have the phishing-resistant authentication. That, Which isn't crazy expensive, but no. it's something that if you're looking at something to make a wise investment with, that's yeah. one. Because it'll help you more, more than just phishing, mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah, and I think it's important. The other side is... And I think this is coming. So I'm going to, I'm going to put on my, oh, I'm going to date myself. What was Johnny Carson's oh, uh, predictor Sarnak. of the future? Sarnak, yeah, right? Sarnak. Sarnak yes. the predictor of the future. Yeah. And we were talking about this today in a meeting, is that continuous and contextual authentication is the future for the enterprise authentication and may eventually work its way down to retail and commodity. What's going to have to happen is that the context of the authentication event will determine the type of type and form of authentication. And then that authentication has to be risk-based mm -hmm. or near continuous assessment. So, you know, I, I was telling somebody this the other day, if you're in a bank, you can walk into the outside of a, a big bank, right? You can walk in the outside of the big bank and nobody gives you any hassle. You must be a customer, you go yeah. to the teller. But if you want to go behind where the tellers are, you got to have a badge, right? You might even yeah. need a fingerprint to get there. Yeah. And if you want to go to the vault, you're going to have to get past somebody to talk to you. There's going to be a guy with a gun. There's yeah. going to be a time lock safe. And not only that, but if the guard sees you trying all the doors in the hallway on the way down to the vault, he's going to go, no That seems way. kind of weird. Right? Yeah. That seems awkward. Yeah. You seem risky. Yeah. I'm not going to let you into the vault. But I think these contextual slash continuous authentication models are going to what's be answered account takeover. Yeah. Right? They've attacked, the bad guys have attacked accounts. ATO, account takeover, because it's the easiest way to get there. It's much harder to find a zero day and then exploit it. Then it gets patched and you got to do it again. Much easier to send a thousand phishing messages and hope Bob from accounting falls for it. Well, that's why you want to keep the lowest possible profile if you're a bad guy, right? This happened in bank. I mean, you're from, you've worked in fraud, right? When you know the bank's fraud tolerance is $200, well, you just make sure everything you do is $199.99. <laughs> And you'll never get caught because no. it's it's below the threshold. It's funny. We, when I first met with the fraud team back in the bank, he said, what is our minimum threshold? And he goes, what was your name again? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, and it took me a second. I started laughing. He goes, look, there, at that point at that bank, um, he said, 
we don't have one. It goes down to the fraud investigator. If they think you're lying and they think you're stealing, they'll come after you for 50 bucks or 25 bucks. But yeah. if they, you know, if they don't see it, they'll let 500, 5,000 go. Yeah, there there was a a bank, a big there is a big Wall Street bank that's blue. It's in New York in the city that never sleeps, the city that never sleeps. Anyway, there Are you having a stroke? <laughs> there at Citibank, there, there it is. Yeah, there their fraud tolerance was egregious at one point. Yeah. Like it was so high. Like it I, I couldn't believe it. And and they're like, Yeah, that we we just write that off. It's a rounding error. Yeah. And, and I'm was shocked. But then again, it's big Wall Street banks, yep. right? And they they they're they're at some point it costs too much money to go after that money. Yeah. It's and as crazy as that sounds, it's true. It is, you know, but you see like, especially in the age of the internet. If one fraudster or one bad actor sees weakness, they sell it. Sure. Right? And we've even seen this with ransomware. You know, you get hit by ransomware once, they'll sell the fact that, you know, Randy Corp was hit. And then another threat actor will just ring you up and go, by the way, we also got your data. We need. Yeah. They don't have it. Yeah. But they also got your data. You yeah. got to give us $50,000. Yeah, it's not $199.99. It's $198.99. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's the other thing, too, is there's a diminishing return at some point for the criminals. And the harder you make it for the criminals, they're just like us. They don't want to work real hard. They nope. they want they want to know what's the, the zombie apocalypse. What's the, it's what's the automation that we could put in place to do this. And the thing is, is is finding a way to push that value down so low to where they you know, go after somebody yeah, else. Because exactly. I don't have to be faster than the zombies. I just have That's to be right. faster than you exactly. or kick you in the knee. But Well, you know. zombie bear is better. Uh, you know, zombie my, attack. Yeah. As long as you're not the slowest in a bear attack, you're, you're going <laughs> to be just fine. So, dear leader, the thing here is don't be the slowest. Have some sort of response plan for a phishing attack that gets in. Well, yeah, Make no, that your next tabletop. Yeah, it really should. Thing. And talk about it. Like, you should talk about all phases of that phishing attack, yeah. right? Because it's really not a phishing attack. It's an account takeover. Who's after the crown jewels? So, phishing is phase one, and then discuss all the controls you have on phishing. We have the preventative controls, we have the detective controls, and then we have a response. And then once they're in, talk about what are the gaps if they actually get somebody's account and they're inside. Then what are the things that you need to put in place? The tripwires. Yeah. You know, you can do everything from like honey traps or honey files or whatever you want to call them, canaries, right? Yeah. Where where they'll hit a file that says customer data with bank accounts dot XLS, right? Right. And I'm going to click on that. I'm going to click on that yeah. and you'll know, right? So, but there's all sorts of response things you can put in place requiring a layered defense. The fact of the matter is, is phishing is not going away. No. People will always be human. You can train them to a point, but they'll always, like our general counsel, not current, former general counsel, will always have a weak moment. Yeah. They're always going to have the vulnerability. Well, and- the, the reason why this is important, dear leader, is if your account gets taken over from the phishing exercise and you don't report it or or this for yeah. whatever reason, nobody finds out, they have your information. And let's say you only change your password every 90 days. Well, for 90 days, at they're least, you. maybe more, they're you. And and they're, they're going to start snooping around. And, and the smart ones are only going to do enough to stay under the threshold of what it is. And they just need enough. That, that's why it's important that you are able to detect it soon enough and that you can change the password. This happened years ago at a company. 
uh, where a service account got owned yeah. by a by the Chinese PLA, and 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 the person that was signed in as that that user account knew they had done something wrong. They had clicked. They were checking their email while they were logged in as a service account. Oh my goodness! And and would have throw up. Yeah. Well, it, it's where you work now. But anyway, that was many years ago before. That was 10 years ago. But yeah, it's where you work now, Jim. <laughs> anyway. I don't think the, you're supposed to say that. But sorry, okay. sorry. But yeah, when the Chinese PLA is able to, to you know, patch their software quicker than you can. That's, that's, that's anyway. You know, I, I've worked a, an event like that similar. The only reason, the only reason we didn't blame the person whose account was used because they did not have anywhere near the technical acumen to do the things that the account had done. Sure. We were like, it just did what? And then, you know, to this server and to Active Directory and to the LDAP, like, yeah. no freaking way this person can't There's even no open. There's no way Jim Bob did that. Yeah, can't yeah. even open Excel. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. It's important, too. If you have the finances, user behavior analytics is very yeah. important so that it has a risk-based approach. Jim never, you know, <laughs> Jim never has a second, second cup, cup of coffee, coffee at home. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're like, what's going on, you know? <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's the thing. It trips and goes, okay, Jim is doing something different than he normally does. Somebody go this look. Needs attention. And it's all part of that layered defense because the thing we can't control with phishing is the human element. Yeah. We can train it. We can educate it. They're still going to fall for it. And frankly, as a security person, that's okay. Yeah. It really is. It's you never going to go away. It's never going to go away. Just accept it. Just accept yeah. you don't give up. Right. You keep doing it. Right. Just like you keep mowing the lawn and you keep painting, you know, the Golden yep. Gate Bridge. It just has to be done. It's just one of those things you keep doing. Well, and if you can get your leader the support to get some risk-based user behavior analytics into your system, into your ecosystem. Into your, especially into your security operations. Yes. The, the sooner you can do that, the better. Finding a, a, a good way to do that, either either over time with just certain accounts and, and eventually everybody that will also reduce reduce the fatigue on your sock. Yeah, you know, because they're only responding to things that really are worthwhile and not. Why is Randy playing? You know, Minesweeper. Again, you know, again, 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 right? It's actually legitimate things. Yeah, yeah. you know the 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 last thought I'll throw out there because I know we're we're running a little bit long today, so apologize. But the last thought I'll think about there is that, you know, from from a from a vulnerability perspective, it really is layering of defenses, layering of operations. And then here's here's the kicker. If you can afford it, get some automation. I know that we took our phishing investigation from half hour, an hour, to under 30 seconds, 40 seconds. We automated, you know, all the stuff. Where is the, is the domain legitimate? How old is the domain? Where did it come from? Where does the link go? Did the link pass the sandbox? Does it show any malicious activities? Bang, bang, bang. And now it's under five minutes for us to be able to know. That's tremendous. And, and be able to take action. Yeah. And hats off to my security operations team. They know yeah. how they're, they're some of the best in the business. Which they, it really is. Even even though I was poking earlier, like <laughs> it really, there, there are some organizations that really are able to shine. And and a lot of, of what you have, have put in place and have now is really exceptional. That, and that team, they saw a problem and they understood not just, oh man, we spent too much time on this. And I agree, that was probably their primary motivation. <laughs> but the second was, is the amount of time it was taking. Yeah. You know, because if an attacker got in wind of it, they would have set it up so that they're send a hundred different phishing emails yeah. and there would have been a backlog. And that last one would have been a doozy. Yeah. Right. Well, dear leader, 
Get yourself some risk-based user behavior analytics stuff into your ecosystem as soon as you can. Tighten up your authentication. Yeah. Educate your users. Yeah. Yeah. And make sure that you that, that, that you don't give up because yeah. it's not going to go away. You can't, you, you know, as a security professional, you can't get angry. No. I mean, it's like no. getting angry at the dog for sniffing. Look, no. it's, it's just a dog. It's what they do. Users yep. click. They can't help themselves. Yeah. Oh, you mean I can play elf bowling? Sweet. Well, and with that, uh, just want to thank you guys for joining in. We appreciate your business and your attention. Absolutely. Andy, yep, go ahead. Take us out. I'm Randy Fields. I'm Jim Desmond. And you guys keep leading.